This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Dale Jr. finishes seventh in the race yesterday, and the best part is he didn't even wake up in an unmarked van in the middle of the Vegas desert. The Dale Jr. Download starts now. Over here, watch him. Inside, inside, inside. I don't know if you got him out. Yeah, man, you got him. Sweet move. That was pretty solid. Great day, man. Solid work for everybody. First mile and a half. We had a good car. If we make it a little bit better, it would be really, really good. That was seventh right there, Dale. Yeah, boy. Good job. Yeah, we got to get just a little bit better. We see what's better. We're real close to it. I was real happy. With the first shot at that setup, I thought it ran pretty good. I'm ready to go home. And they are home back in North Carolina. As you hear there with uh, Steve Letarte and Dale Jr., TJ uh, talking there, spotting at the end as Jr. beat Martin Truex Jr. to the finish line. To Drag finish, race. They finished seventh yesterday in Las Vegas. And, uh, Mike, it's his best ever start to the season. Not only is it his best ever start to the season, it's the first time in his cup career he's had three consecutive top ten finishes. Absolutely, man. And, and the thing about it is I remember at the beginning of last year, we, we started comparing that season to 2004 because 2004 was that high water mark. Yeah. And now we're doing it all over again, only he's doing it better. Uh, his first three races, his average finish is 4.6, finished second at Daytona, finished fifth last week at Phoenix, finished seventh this week uh, at Vegas. A great start. He's sitting third in points. Yeah, he is 10 points back. Kislowski and uh, Jimmy Johnson have also gotten off to terrific starts so far this year. Now he's going to attract junior is that he absolutely loves. More on Bristol. Bristol coming up in just a little bit. You did say that naturally. You said you did say Bristol. Well, that's. I mean, I, I am who I am wearing a camo hat today. Uh, let's talk about this car that he had yesterday. Uh, definitely a top ten car, maybe a top five car. In fact, Junior argued that maybe it was a top five car after the race. Uh, here's something they talked about during the race. Caution four, lap two twenty three. Here's uh, Stevie and Junior talking about the race. What do you need there with the chassis, buddy? What you got? Just a little bit of help on the left rock right before the center, right at the 40% mark, but it's too, it's too free up top, and I got to run to top of one and two. It's, it's pretty good, to be honest with you. And if we, I think we free it up, I ain't going to be able to go. Yeah, and, and that seemed to be the big issue Stevie was working with, you know, is might want to free it up just a little bit, but Junior was afraid. Don't that go too far. Don't go too far. So... <laughs> Junior was sitting there having this internal debate, as you could hear, about what to do with it. But uh, still, a great car in the end of the day. But he says, it's pretty good, to be honest with you. Almost a driver to say those words yeah. during a race. It's like, I'm afraid to say this, but it's pretty good, to be <laughs> honest with you. And so it was good. This was a top five car all day. They raced, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh. He got up to third on this restart that was incredible. Um, it was just a good, consistent day. I think Stevie did a lot, did a lot to make the car better. And, uh, you know, you bring home a top 10. What, what else can you say? Kane had the best car, I thought. Kenseth had oh, the second best fast. car. And then Johnson, Carl Edwards, Kyle Busch, they all about had the same, with the same car as Dale Jr., I thought. Theirs wasn't orange. But theirs was not orange and black. I still have sunspots yeah. from watching that race yesterday of seeing Junior on the I mean, I, I still see him. Yeah, well, like Doug Rice said yesterday on the uh, national broadcast on the radio, I, I thought we were watching A.J. Foyt out there. I, <laughs> I, was a little, I was a little confused. And pretty cool stuff about uh, Junior on restarts. We saw a lot of bonsai dives to the bottom yesterday. Here's Dale Junior talking about that. Number five, I'm going to try to do my best. But be ready for some three-wide action. 
And it's funny, he said three-wide action, so when he says that, I thought Junior meant, okay, I'm going to try to pull a, a Kyle Busch here and go down to the apron. No, Junior split the middle yeah. and picked up a couple spots. And he had Kyle Busch behind him, and I think that's, that, that's what they were anticipating, is that you know Kyle's going to probably go down to the apron. Yeah. I'm going to be here. Just get ready. Tell the five, this is going to get a little crazy. Junior had a great restart on that. I he mean, did. he uh, who was it he passed for fourth? I can't remember who it was. He picked up a couple spots there. And then he, and he passed Jimmy for third. Jimmy ended up yeah. getting him back, but uh, it was a great restart, and Junior foretold it. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, let's talk about his communication. Last week, Marty Smith and I were in here, and we were talking about the communication. He was just couldn't stop going on and on about the great communication between Dale Earnhardt Jr., and Steve Letarte. In fact, here's what Stevie said about Junior's communication. Got a nice job there, Junior. Feedback's been really, really good. Been real helpful. You worked through traffic real well. It's been good, man. Real good. That's got a fifth right there. P5. Mike, how long you been listening to uh, Dale Junior on the scanner now? Ten years. Ten years. Just about every single week you've been listening. Just about. <laughs> is the communication ever been better than it is right now from Dale Junior's end? From Dale, no, no, Dale Jr. is giving the communication. I, I've never heard him give communication like this. Um, and I tell you what, th- we've been looking at the past three races as, in, in dissecting these, but it's when you get into the middle of the summer and it's hot and, you know, maybe your car's not great, and that's where Stevie really brings it out in you and he makes you want to tell him, yeah. uh, you know, about the car. I wish Stevie would just – was at my house and, and, and told me, hey, get out of bed, man. You can get out of bed. Come on, you can do this, man. Get out of bed, all right? And, and then told me, all right, now you pour that bowl of cereal. Yeah. Now do it. You know, because I, mean, I would, my day would go so much smoother if I had Latarte in my ear. I love SteveLatarte.com. Mike, let's talk about some of these tweets we get uh, each and every week. We get a lot of good ones. Fan reaction yesterday on Twitter. Some good ones here. Mikey Bobby. Uh, said, if Dale Jr. won, I was going to Bristol. He didn't, so I saved $500 in a sick day. Well, you know, if that's what you want to be like. Uh, uh, we're going to miss you in what, Thunder Valley. What if Junior wins Bristol, though? Well, then I guess he'll be there. Mikey Bobby's not going to be a good. long. That's going to be a long trip the next week. <laughs> right. Uh, Tim, uh, Cart Racer 3886 somebody that we've known on Twitter for a long time, said, love the consistency, but it's time to take that next step. What does he mean there, Taylor? He means it's time for uh, Junior to be – in victory lane, you want me to tell you now that I think Dale Jr. is going to win next week, or you want me to wait until later in the podcast? No, I think I want you to tell me now. Okay, because, well, I think I just did. All right. All right. He is. Go Brandon ahead. Pruitt says, this car ain't so bad after all now, is it? Plenty of passing and a great race to the checkered flag. Now, it was a great race to the checkered flag up at front, but, again, and we talked about it a little bit on, on Junior's end, the race between Martin Truex Jr. and Junior was incredible. Yeah. And, Truex had that thing sideways coming up to the uh, start-finish line. It was a really good race, drag racing, um, and it got Stevie Letarte excited there, too. too. It did, and, you know, sometimes, I'll say this about Vegas, sometimes when you're watching a NASCAR race, you really can't tell they're going 180, 190 miles an hour. You know, it, it looks like they're going 50 or 60 miles an hour on television. Yesterday, it looked like they were going 500 miles yeah, an hour. I did. mean, they looked like they had rocket ships out there. Yeah. Robert Franklin said, I'm excited about Junior 7th place, but I'm even more excited that finally tomorrow I can buy some Dale Junior chips. Hey, just that's the sponsor plug there. I appreciate that. And uh, lastly, Marcia Penny says, you know, it's a great day when you're third in points and you didn't get fined $25,000. That's a great point. That's a great <laughs> point. It's a great day when you don't get fined $25,000. One more thing, Taylor. We're going to keep these tweets coming, but next week we introduce the uh, fan voicemail line. We're going to have a number out there, 
for you to call, for fans to call and leave voicemails for us that we are going to play on the air for the next podcast. People are going to leave me voicemails? All of us. On my cell phone? Junior, me, you, LaTarte. If you've got a thought about the race, whether you're mad, whether you're happy, whatever it is, you let us hear it. And I should remind you now that this podcast is brought to you by Dale Jr. Potato Chips. You can order all four flavors and find a retail store locator near you just by going to DaleJrFoods.com. Let's speed dial. Speed dial. Okay, speed dial is dedicated to getting the media's reaction to how Dale Jr. is doing on the track and to talking to someone that's close to him that works maybe for JR Motorsports. Let's start with the media. Nate Ryan, motorsports reporter, USA Today, joins us on the phone. Nate, uh, Dale Jr.'s best start ever. After three races in his entire career, average finish of 4.6, uh, a second, a fifth, and a seventh. What are we to make of this? Yeah, well, uh, first I appreciate you guys uh, inviting me, Taylor, because I, I feel somewhat remiss. Last night I, I jumped on Twitter, and as being a sports writer, I, I had to oversimplify and overanalyze last night's race. And my take was, wow, like the two guys who were the best teams in NASCAR last season, Brad Keselowski and Jimmy Johnson, are now 1-2 in the points again this year. And someone immediately replied to me and said, oh, yeah, Dale Jr. is off to his best start ever. And I <laughs> felt like so uh, just moronic that I had missed that NASCAR's most popular driver was off to this incredible start. And um, I think maybe that's the takeaway is that uh, Sunday he, he he lurked all day long, but he lurked really really well. And 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 finishing the top ten in Vegas has almost become commonplace for him. I think it's the third straight top ten in Vegas, and that he's off to such a great start. Uh, I, I think it's just indicative of where that team is. You know, Nate, what were your impressions basically from the race yesterday? Not so much from Junior, but just the overall race. You know, you talked you had so much going in, so much talk going in about the Gen Six. Uh, what were your overall impressions? I, I thought it was decent, Mike. I didn't think it was the best Vegas race I've ever seen. Uh, I, I thought certainly you had a compelling battle there toward the finish between Matt Kenseth and Casey Kane, and, and that's the kind of side-by-side action that NASCAR is looking for. And I know NASCAR was touting afterward that its loop data showed that green flag passes were, were way up for this race as opposed to uh, Daytona and Phoenix. So I think that's an encouraging sign. Was it exactly what NASCAR wanted to see from a mile-and-a-half track with this new race car, which was virtually designed to perform well on these kinds of speedways? Uh, I don't think so. I, I think I, I think that maybe drivers are still getting comfortable with the car. I assume that's probably what NASCAR's assessment is. But I, I still think it's, it's a little bit wait-and-see with the Gen 6. Hey, last thing for you, Nate, is uh, we're talking about this great start. It, it, some of us were overlooking, as you mentioned uh, here yesterday, but – do you think that right now the, the media perception after three races of Dale Jr. is he's off to this unbelievable start, or do you think it is, all right, it's time to win? Yeah, I think it's Connor Taylor. I, I think absolutely that and, – and Dale Warner Jr. set that bar coming into the season when he, when he had an interview with uh, my colleague Jeff Gluck in the preseason uh, in Daytona and said he wanted to win five or six times this year, that it was time to do that. And I think that – that's everybody's kind of expectation level. I mean, it's, it's probably unfair to some degree, but it's his third year with Steve Letarte. It's clear that this is a great partnership. And from what I've seen in, in analyzing NASCAR for, for many years is that generally driver-crew chief tandems reach their peak. Um, you know, they really start to gel in, in season three. So I think everybody sort of expects that, um, you know, the future is now, the time is now for Dale Earnhardt Jr. to 
to excel. And again, like I, I think the fact that he's he's been able to do that so far this season and, and it's not really attract a lot of attention, I think that's maybe a, that maybe that bodes well for the eighty eight because it means that this has become the new normal, and now when they win races, that's when they're really going to get that bump, and that's that's what they want, because if they win races, then obviously that's going to put them more in a championship caliber position. Nate Ryan, lead motorsports reporter for USA Today. Follow him on Twitter, at Nate Ryan. Appreciate you, man. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Kelly Earnhardt Miller, General Manager, Junior Motorsports. Kelly, we've got some news coming out this morning. We're announcing it here first on Dirty Mo Radio. Dell Jr., will race in the Nationwide Series race at Chicagoland Speedway on September 14th and not at Talladega on May 4th. How come? Uh, well, Casey and Dale were um, just chatting about their race schedules for the Nationwide Series this year, and um, Casey was talking. Dale, Dale actually wanted to um, see if he could get some more time on the mile and a half, and Casey uh, came back with the fact that he'd like to try to uh, uh, win at the Super Speedways like Talladega, so... With our partner in Great Clips, they were open to the change, and um, you know, so we we were able to make that happen um, for Dale and Casey, and um, you know, it just works out well with um, uh, the, the mile and a half um, that we can work closer with Hendrick and be an asset to them, get um, our drivers more track time on those those tracks, so that they can in turn hopefully be an asset to the uh, Hendrick program as well on the mile and a half. It seems like that's where a lot of these teams put their focus, um, you know, on making their cars better. I mean, it's not easy to just up and change schedules around. There's a lot of moving parts. You've got two, in this case, you've got two cup driver schedules. You've got a sponsor like Gray Clips. You've got Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, talk about how difficult it is just to change schedules around just like that. Yeah, it is. Um, it takes a lot of phone calls and a lot of emails to um, make it happen. Obviously, the sponsors, um, you know, since we were – I'm going to be running Dale at Talladega. The sponsors have programs that they have put together around that. And um, so when you go to them, that's the first thing that they think about is, is what promotions or programs they have running and how that works for them. Um, you know, obviously the drivers were the easy part because, you know, they, they both had already started the conversation about what they both wanted. But, um, you know, you've got to talk to the competition department about cars and the scheduling of that. And, um, you know, it takes a lot of uh, – parts and pieces just to kind of put it together. I'm actually excited because I don't have to only have to hold my breath at Talladega for two cars instead of three now. So. Absolutely. Hey, uh, Kelly, it's Taylor. Last thought from you is obviously nobody knows uh, your brother your brother better than you do. He has three top ten finishes to start the season. He's never had three consecutive top ten finishes in his cup career, an average finish of 4.5 to start the year. But I also sense a little bit of man. I got to get in victory lane. I got to win one of these things. How much of his mind right now is man? This is an awesome start. And how much of his mind do you think is I've got to get a victory? Well, I think it's a combination of both, really. Um, you know, I, I didn't know that statistic about his, his season, so that's really awesome. But um, you know, every driver wants to be in victory lane each and every week. Um, but I think that uh, you know, having that consistency of of finishes like he has, um, you know, that they can be you know, satisfied in knowing that they're inching closer. And I'm telling you, you know, winning one of these cup races uh, with the competition that's out there is tough. And, um, you know, sometimes you feel like uh, a fifth place is winning for your team, just depending on what you've been going through. So, um, you know, I, I would think it's a 50-50 combination of, of wanting to get in the winner's circle, but probably more importantly just keeping that consistency these first 26 races to make your, you know, to make the chase and then, um, you know, try to work on your, your chase competitiveness at that point. So, um, 
great start to the season, and, and I know that both him and Steve and that whole team are happy with what's going on. Kelly, we appreciate you as always. We'll talk again soon. You're welcome. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye-bye. Off the grid. Mike Hogue, Dale Jr.'s road manager, is joining us in studio. How you doing, Hogue? You know, after being gone for 10 days, um, I couldn't think of anywhere else I'd rather be this morning. <laughs> right yeah, it sounds like it. Y'all, you, you were on a jet, man. I don't want to hear about you getting back late. You guys got back. It was like 1130. Time. Yeah, it's not bad. So, listen, you've been in Vegas a week with Dale Jr. We're going to bring you in because we've got this little segment that Taylor and I have come up with. It's called What Happens in Vegas We Tell on Dirty Mo' Radio. <laughs> And you're our guy, all right? You ready to do this? We got half of it on Dirty Mo' Radio. No. Here we go. You ready? First of all, Taylor, I want to know where they stayed. Yeah. Where, where'd you stay, Hogue? We stayed – it's a funny story. We stayed at Nobu Hotel, and it's, it's a new place in Caesars. But throughout the week when people are like, hey, man, just trying to carry in conversation. So where'd you stay? I'm like, Nobu Hotel. <laughs> like, oh, well, it's awesome. <laughs> I have no idea what, what you're talking about. But it's, it's part of Caesars. Um it was it, it newly renovated, and actually the room that Dale had, um, the lady I was working with, she was like, yeah, let me, right before we got there, the day before, Saturday, she goes, you know, I, I'm still not sure if these suites are ready, but uh, let me double check. This is 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And um, so he was the first one to stay in the suite. That's how new these are. Um, it was awesome. Dale had a great time. Um, the scenery, the service was incredible. So that's our, our quick plug for Nobu Hotel at Caesars. Wait, but um, Best place you ate. Go figure. The Nobu restaurant. <laughs> yeah, and that's no kidding. They had the. We ate there two nights in a row. They had the most amazing. It's like a. It's hibachi, but it's a different style of hibachi. You have to order ahead of time. Um, the steak. Dale hadn't had red meat in two months, and but he wanted a fillet, so he got it there. And it oh, was like, he it was did. like melt in your mouth. <laughs> Fell yeah, off the wagon. The old the the old yeah. detox diet just. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. The first couple of days, <laughs> I think for everybody actually. Well. Who did best at casino games, Hogue? Because it's Vegas, I assume this question would be there. But honestly, we played one night. I'm not a big gambler. I played some roulette. I'm big on red or black and yeah. a couple favorite numbers. Did okay. You know, it ended up with a couple hundred bucks. Um, but that was it. We had one night of it. Uh, I think Dale played some blackjack, and he's not even a blackjack guy. All right. Um, go. Let's see. Did it? Did you ever see the sunrise? <laughs> I think we saw the sunrise breakfast and probably part of brunch the first night. We were wow. <laughs> Did you wow. meet a man named Mr. Chow? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, but I think a couple other people might have. Did you see Mike Tyson and a tiger? Right. You, ring, you just rung a bell. When we got there, yeah. the driver that picked us up, he goes, man, I just picked up Mike Tyson and took him to the airport. And he goes, you know what? He goes, I told him I was coming to get you. And he said he was a big fan of yours and told me to say what's up. And then, you, know, you lie. I swear. Was he, I was, promise you. Was he playing the piano in the Nobu Hotel of Phil Collins? <laughs> no. Okay. I was just curious. Uh, big Rick at Head Limo. He, that's his name. He picked up Mike Tyson where right was before Ti- he picked up, picked up us. Where was Tyson going? Tyson was going to – he said he's doing a reality show, and he leaves like three, day, three times a week. But he was a fan of Dale's and told him to say hey. Did you guys do any shows out there? I did. I Well, I asked – Dale, if you want to go, but my fiance came out with us. So, my fiance, myself, Regan Smith, and his wife all went to. Uh, there's a show at the Wind called, forgive my pronunciation, Le Reve, Le Reve. Mm-hmm. Um It's like Circus Soleil meets water. So you don't you went to it. You just don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, all right. Can't pronounce it, but fair it was, enough. It was awesome. I've never been to a show in Vegas. That was the first one. 
and finally, Hogue, uh, why don't you give us some good track stories from yesterday? Uh, the best track story was we got to do a short segment of Wild Bill from Deadliest Catch, and that guy's like a he's a rock star at the racetrack too. You know, he's mm-hmm. more just as recognizable as Dale Jr. is. I can't really tell you why he was there, why they were filming, or or, or when it's going to air oh, at secret. this point. Man, yeah. there's a whole lot of what I happens know. in Vegas going on yeah. right now. Yeah, but, uh, but, so, but how'd that go? It was cool, and, and Wild Bill told a story of the first time he and Dale met, and it was actually last year in Indy, which I thought was really right. neat. He said uh, he was walking by the holler, and Dale peeked out, waved at him, and told him to come in, and, and he thought, you know, that's cool, he wants to shake my hand, but Dale's like, no, I really want to talk to you. And he said... He walked in, and Wild Bill was, was starstruck looking at Dale, and it was funny because he said Dale was the same way looking at him, like he was starstruck. Yeah. So just that moment, he said it was <laughs> a whole lot of nothing yeah, going on. He was that. like, "That was the coolest thing." And this guy's been a, a boat captain for thirty six years. He said, "You know, going on rough seas, fishing his whole life." And he said, "One of the coolest moments he'll ever remember is meeting Dale in the holler and being like, man, this is.' They were both starstruck looking <laughs> at each other, but then they turned out to be pretty good buddies to keep in touch. And he actually ended up at the house, you know." One night hanging out. So. Mm, wow. Well, that's really cool. Good group. Good people. That is cool. So Vegas was pretty tame for you guys. They're not no, too bad, the second right? half of the week. First half was, was was fun. Why don't you say all the – you don't want to tell us all that happened? I want a lot. Why don't we put an itinerary of what you did up at DaleJr.com the first half of the week? Should we do that? Yeah, we can do that. But we'll all get fired. <laughs> Hope good to see you, man. Yeah, you too, bud. All right. Uh, t- again, this podcast brought to you by Dale Jr. Potato Chips. You can order all four flavors and find a retail store locator near you just by going to DaleJrFoods.com. Let's throw the white flag. There you go, buddy. White flag. Today's a recoup day for Dale Jr. as he's doing nothing on the schedule but a little R&R. That's a good thing because tomorrow he's off to Tallahassee, Florida to appear at Dale Earnhardt Jr. Chevrolet and Dale Earnhardt Jr. Buick GMC Cadillac as part of Dale Day festivities. On Thursday, he's got production work for Sprint and National Guard. On Friday, he'll be at the track at Bristol. First cup practices at noon Eastern time. Now, later that night, he's doing the NASCAR autograph session from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. Be sure to catch that. Taylor, that, that's it, man. I'm back. I'm healthy. You forgot one thing. What? He's going to win on Sunday. Taylor Zarzer called it. victory lane. He I'm called it. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. That's All it. right, remember to go to DaleJrFoods.com to buy your Dale Jr. potato chips. He's Mike, I'm Taylor. That's it for the Dale Jr. Downloads. See ya. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Have you tried the new Dale Jr. potato chips? Are you wondering where you can find them? Today's your lucky day. Go to DaleJrFoods.com to see where you can find the chips in your area or place an order online. You can have them shipped right to you. That's DaleJrFoods.com.